This episode of That Record Got Me High is sponsored by Is This Tomorrow? Is This Tomorrow, a weekly webcomic, features absurdist humor and seriously silly amusement keyed to the sophisticated palate of discerning listeners like you. Since migrating online in 2003, Is This Tomorrow has always been absolutely free with no annoying advertising or paywalls. Visit isthistomorrow.com. You'll find hours of archived entertainment, hundreds of comics to distract from work, responsibilities, or just the existential pain of being alive. Dig through the archive for special Halloween comics, autobiographical strips, and even some in Anaglyph 3D. And check out our Society6 merch page for lots of Is This Tomorrow swag. Society6 forward slash Is This Tomorrow. New strip every Monday, now in color. IsThisTomorrow.com Five, four, three, two, one. That record got me high. Episode twenty-two. Are we? Are we still counting? I thought we stopped doing it. No, you have to count. All right. So, and uh, that's Rob Alba. That is Barry Stock. And uh, tonight we have uh, a special guest. A very special guest. South Florida music legend. Pretty much. B Dog himself, Mr. Brandon Samdahl. That's right. Are we pronouncing it right, Brandon? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Samdahl. Yeah, Samdahl. Sam Sam and you guys spelled it right, like I said. Right, that I was very pretty, much. yeah. He was very happy. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the reason Brandon's on is because he picked uh, an album that we uh, very much approve of. Our heavy, it's going to be our heaviest record to date, oh, and yeah, it could end far. up being our heaviest one we I ever did. I think you guys yeah. needed it. You yeah, we did. It. Yeah. So, what are we doing, Brandon? Uh, we're going to talk about this record, right? <laughs> yeah. Sabbath, yeah, Bloody man. Sabbath yeah. by Black Sabbath. That's right. Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath by the legendary original lineup of yeah. Black Sabbath. So the legendary B-Dog is helping us talk about the legendary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, so, so Brendan played uh, in bands with uh, both of us for a little while. He, yeah, for sure. Uh, we were right, former Pookie Smacker. He was a Pookie Smacker he was for uh, a long with time. Barry for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And you were a, a Holy Terror for a while. We did really? uh, many. We did I didn't know that. Yeah, Tambourine. He was a mad, uh, the madman tambourine uh, player right. extraordinaire. Sort, for of like, sort of like that guy that you make fun of in Pavement, right? Yes. <laughs> no, but he's much cooler than that guy, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, I asked to do it one time for fun, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, Rob was like, yeah, that's cool. And then, you know, uh, you know, Dan was like, well, you know, you'd have to ask Rob, you know. <laughs> and Will's like, yeah, that'd be cool, man, you know. And um, I think Ricky was playing drums at the time. So, you know, Rob's like, yeah, that'd be cool. And then later on, Rob's like, well, he texts me all the time. You're coming to play, right? right. You're coming yeah, to right? play. You're coming to play. Our reunions, all our reunion shows yeah. we did. Yeah. Uh, Brandon was It makes there. a difference. Have a lot of fun. Like that guy from Pavement. He's, he's he integral added, to the... He added a lot of... He added that youthful energy that something we were lacking like that. at that yeah, point. Because like, right. <laughs> Brandon oh, is right. younger yeah, than yeah. us. <laughs> he is. About, he's, we got 10 years on him. Well, I have 10 years on him and you have, what, All right. So, so that's interesting, though, because this record came out in 1973. So obviously you did not discover this in 19. No. no, that was a year before I was born. Yeah. <laughs> December 73, oh, almost 74. Yeah, right? right. But, you know, I had, like, such a cool relationship with it because my cousin had uh, metal records and stuff oh, while I was growing great. up. So I'd be sitting on the back porch and listening to the hi-fi, like, whatever I was listening to growing up. And uh, I would see these albums and... Uh, Definitely the cover of that album <laughs> blew my mind, right? Oh, yeah. It's just the you, cover that you're a kid, you're grown. like, wow. Yeah. I'm how like, old were you? So how old were you? Uh, 12, you know? Okay, 11, 12, yeah. I was, uh, you That's know, just... That's the sweet spot. Yeah. It is, yeah. And then 13, I started, you know, really getting into everything and seeing sure, that picture. Sure. And the other cool thing was he had uh, Led Zeppelin's presence there, oh, which yeah. that, that object was oh, like yeah. its own thing, yeah. like before, like I got into that, and then you realize that's like... The that. cu- it's the Kubrick obelisk of rock and roll is that thing yeah. on the... That, to have that so weird older, relationship yeah. so with it. Old, but that's awesome, having a cool older cousin to like expose you to, uh, to great... You want to talk yeah. to me, he expose you to anything else we well, know no. <laughs> <laughs> Where was that? Where was that? Growing up in... Uh... Well, Chicago, um, but also in Michigan, they had Awesome Metal Station, you yeah. know? And uh, I think they still got it, but, you know, they're kind of just recycling the same old stuff. But when you... <laughs> you know, when I was that age to have a metal station around in Michigan where I'd spend my summers, that was it, man. That was a big know? deal. Right. So you could yeah. actually turn on the radio and... Yeah. So I remember... 
I'm an early, I was an earlier adopter of Black Sabbath, and I've told that story already. We won't oh, we yeah. won't rehash that. Well, thing. but yeah. but just the amazing thing was he listened to his first Black Sabbath album. How old were you? Like seven, he was seven six or seven. Old, which is I think it's too wow. young to be exposed to Black Sabbath. Yeah, it was but. a Master of Reality. My grandparents <laughs> let me buy it at a record store, and so I had that. How'd you get into it? Um, I asked the girl at the counter, and she I said, "What's like hot?" And she gave me a stack of records. I went and listened to them, and I picked out three, and that was one of them. Uh-huh. And so, and then I turned on two of, uh, of my lifelong friends, uh, Tobin Buttram and uh, Taylor Webb. They we went to elementary school together, and so I'd bring the record to school because it was it was the seventies. <laughs> you're allowed to listen to records in class, and so they got hit to Black Sabbath, and then Taylor, who whose parents were willing to continue to buy him Black Sabbath records. <laughs> Went over to their house for a sleepover, and he had like Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and Sabotage's records, and I'd really never heard them. I hadn't heard anything past Master of Reality, mm-hmm. and he put on Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and I was like, when it gets to that, you know, that that third, that last third part, you just like oh, that yeah, riff. Man. There's no more metal riff. Oh yeah, man, all of it. And I was I was saying with Rob, um, and I, I don't know if you agree with me because I know you love some of the other riff masters, but for me. You know, Tony Iommi oh, yeah. was sort of like that that pinnacle of like the yeah. riff before and after yeah, kind is. of guy. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, definitely. Especially yeah. re-listening to it, like re- when I'm revisiting the record now, and I'm thinking, oh my god, yeah, yeah. he is. Yeah. He is the riff master. And I'm yeah. going to say something about this record that I I've I've noticed before, I, and this is uh, I believe this record had a huge influence on the uh, Tom Schultz of Boston huh? because that thick Tom. You know how the Modern Lovers was kind of an upbeat Velvet Underground? Mm-hmm. I think Boston is was sort of an upbeat version of Black Sabbath. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, all the crunch, but poppy, you know? Exactly. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You hear that? Okay, so this record, and also I, I was thinking, well, I mean, it's, it's actually kind of obvious that this maybe was the last great Sabbath record that featured mainly, you know, the, yeah. the, the original lineup, and especially that featured Ozzy, because Ozzy, they did have some great, like, um... Heaven and Hell is a great record, it is. but it's more like a Ronnie Straight James Dio, yeah. uh, Black yeah, Sabbath. For sure. So for classic yeah. uh, Sabbath, this was probably their last great one. Yeah. It was, and uh, Sabotage has some good stuff on it. Yeah, but it, it's got some holes in it too. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, they kind of had a weird trajectory. They started off real strange, and then they got like you know like real heavy like this, and then you know I think I even uh, saw where they were saying they consider this the pinnacle. They too. do. Like yeah, you yeah, say, yeah. So many right. holes yeah. and. You know, I think yeah, a roadie yeah. singer or whatever, you know. Was, right. They had all and kinds by the of time trouble. they got to Never Say Die, which is a tour I saw them on, they said, you know, Ozzy had already quit the band, then they had some other guy come in, and then that guy wrote a bunch of songs, and then Ozzy wanted to come back. Yeah. And so Ozzy came back and said, but I'm not doing the songs that those guys, that guy did. <laughs> yeah. So they had to come up with all of this material the, right before they went in the studio. So, um, right. And then yeah. he was gone. Yeah. So that's why I picked this record. I For sure. This is the best the, representation. This is, and it's, um, it's not the heaviest record in their catalog. Yeah, I hear that. And, you know, I was going to say, it's too. Got, it's very melodic. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Iomi has so much of that, too. And uh, I, I didn't get into the Dio stuff when I was younger. I almost, right. like, you yeah. know, I had, I had almost, like, this yeah. Pierce thing about yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Sure. But I caught up with it years ago, and I was just like, well, that was kind of dumb. But I'm, exactly. glad I, I'm glad I caught up. Me, exactly oh, yeah, yeah. Because it is. It's great yeah. stuff. Yeah. Hell, I never listened to it until about maybe five or six years ago. Because right. I had that thing, oh, yeah, Ozzy. Right. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> really and I is, love yeah. Born Again. I think Born Again oh, is, is a great uh, record. You know what? It, it, it is. It's actually it actually got a bad rap at the time. It probably has one of the worst covers. They have. They have. I love that cover. <laughs> cover. It's like the ugly. Uh, well, maybe not the worst, but like one Ian of the Ian Gillen ugliest. hated that cover. Yeah. <laughs> But it's it rocks, just, man. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It, it rocks. It's, it's rocks. But, but that may be a novelty thing for me growing up. You I'll admit know, that yeah. to everybody right, right now. Yeah, sure. Right, yeah. right. Could so uh, this record, it's weird because were you reading how it, how it came about? Like it, it, uh, originally they were going to record a record. Um, this was their fifth record. They had been you know touring a lot. Sure. They put out four great records. But they were going to go to the record plant in LA. Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Which is where they were living as well. Right. And they just b- tried to go in and record, and they could not come up with anything. Yeah, and they were blown out. They yeah. were all they blown were, to pieces. I think that they they were. Um, the story of Black Sabbath has a lot to do with um, a lot of a lot of cocaine. At that, I mean, they just say, you know, if you got a you got a song, 
multiple records that mention cocaine on the record. There's <laughs> yeah, yeah, a reason for that. Come on. And also their management, they were um, you know, they were living high and and they but they didn't have any money in their bank accounts. Right, right. So what was happening was they were, you know, all the money was going to the management. And the management was just letting them live in these mansions and go to parties and shit. Yeah. But they weren't actually making any money, so. <laughs> well, one of the things that blew my mind when I was growing up was I got, you know, one of those biographies and I read it and it was like they would be going on tour and stuff and then they'd be coming home and squatting. You know, because right. Right. They, know, know right. they had none of their shit together, you no. know, so uh, these uh, huge rock stars. No, it's kind of mm. they're kind of they're kind of like uh, there's a Ramones esque quality to the band where it's these g- four weirdos. Yeah. R- yeah. pretty much. They right. get together and manage to do this amazing thing. But when it comes to their, you know, their personal lives, really, <laughs> you know, well, one of the titles of the songs that we're going to be coming to is all about that, I believe. Yes, you know? it is. Oh, right, right, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and um they had a weird dynamic because a lot of times when you read about bands it's 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 different members like this was a uh, these were all great players. They were all great players, oh, yeah. very oh, yeah. creative people, but usually you have people like fighting to try and bring their ideas in. With mm-hmm. them, it was the opposite. No. Hiomi was complaining because he was the only one coming up with Writing ideas like he was come up. And Geezer Butler was complaining lyricist. that he had to write all these lyrics. Right. It's like, these guys just wanted to chill out and do drugs. Right. And right. Pretty can much. someone else take up the slack? But it's- So <laughs> my, I was wondering, when I was cooking dinner, I was standing there thinking, well, I, you know, I, I could have looked this up, but I, I didn't really see anything. Do you think Ozzy wrote the vocal melodies to the songs? Or do you think that Geezer or Tony or Geezer did that? Well, you know, I, I'm, I was about to say, I want to make a strange admission. It was like when I was growing up, I kind of like looked up to Ozzy, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's that's weird admission. Yeah, now, man. But, yeah. yeah. Come on. You and like millions of other. Uh, <laughs> of course. Of course. Your yeah, hands. <laughs> but one of the things that would occur to me, especially like, you know, as we get into some of these lyrics, which are great, is like. Mm, this guy wrote them. No, these thoughtful no, lyrics, no. you know. And so I, but I had a hard time. Like also, he's like the artist singing them. So I like, right. the, And I was too young, you know, right. so young. And, so, and you could actually tell some of the ones he did write because they're not as they're, they're just it's not more, as more right. Uh, Bark at the moon. Poetic, yeah. Right. They're, 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 not as, they're not as poetic. His brother wrote some yeah, badass yeah, well, lyrics. And yeah, in yeah. the in the Wikipedia entry for either Sabbath or for this, maybe for Black Sabbath in general, they talk about. Geezer having been re- read Alistair Crowley and in the 60s and, you know, was heavily influenced by that stuff. And you, and it does pop up again and again yeah. uh, in there. Um, but also not just, it's so funny, they're, they're known as this, like, you know, the, the, the kings of goth metal and Satanism, but they were kind of... Hippies. hippies too. There's, there's a lot, lot of hippie, lot of hippie shit on. in the lyrics, and they got and they got. I remember they were like advised, like you always see them with the crosses when they were younger, right. because everybody says uh, you're going to get harassed, you know, right. really harassed, and they would try and say, oh, we're you know, we're just singing about these right. Yeah, right. you know, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, and then that was part of their iconography, you know, because it was just sure, uh, right, you know, well, you know, and uh, really, even on paranoid, you start to get this social conscious. There's a social conscience at work in there as well. <laughs> Where you have, uh, 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 you know, War Pigs, one of the greatest anti-war songs yeah. ever written. Yeah. And, they actually, and did you read they actually wanted to call that record War Pigs? Right. The label the label like, yeah. They thought it would be too controversial. Yeah. Right. Let's name it after the Too single. anti-war. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, uh, and, the, so, and on uh, Master of Reality, you end up with, uh, you know, Children of the Grave. You end up with End of the Void. All these things talking about actually social things that are going on. Right. And uh, yep. rock and roll. Yeah, man. They were great. They All were right. Really great. So what happened? So they ended up going. So they, they couldn't get anything done in Los Angeles. No. So they go to the, to the they go back to England and they go to Clearwater Castle in the in the Forest of Dean. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is how you get it done. This, this is, right. is this because is how you right. get it done. The vibe. So they're playing in this castle. Rock and roll one hundred and one, right here, right. everybody. Castle. Get and your and get your pens and your pencils <laughs> out, man. Here it comes. And they all kind of convinced themselves that the castle was haunted. Yeah, that's part of it. Here we yeah. go. Rule number one: yeah. castle has to be haunted. Zep four, man. Zep four recorded in that castle. You yeah. know. Yes. Yeah. So that so those medieval surroundings was, was the little spark. You know, that I bet they there's needed. probably some Barry Manilow records recording castles too. So. How you get it done? That's how you get it done. In some ways, there's nothing more evil than a Barry Manilow record. That's true. Oh no, there's more evil shit than that. Come on now. <laughs> All right, so let's let's jump into the record now. I'm uh, ready. Because uh, supposedly this was the riff 
for Sabbath Bloody Sabbath was sort of what opened the floodgates. Like, mm-hmm. Iomi came up with this with this riff for it, and he said, oh, this is good. And they sort of jumped on that, and they realized, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is the way to go. Yeah, we're going to be able yeah. to do it. So, uh, obviously, Brandon, you you heard this. This this did something to you. This spoke to you. Do you remember, like, the first time you heard this? Oh, sure, because, you know, like I say, uh, you know, say 13 years old, I was mainly got into, like, glam metal and stuff, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, then you're doing your homework, and you get into this, you know? And uh, just that, that awesome, heavy feeling, uh, like, you know, that you guys are all about, um, you know, this record that got me high when I was young, that just sure. escapism, you know? And, uh, you know, when I was young, just, I used to bounce my head, you know, like to records, which right. is probably like how I learned rhythm and stuff, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, I would just space out to this record, yeah. you know? Right. And in the Staring morning... Staring at the cover, probably, right? Oh, Looking yeah. at the cover oh, yeah, and listening man. to it. Oh, yeah. Because there's a naked... Chicks, yeah, on the, the co- cover. It's and a great. We didn't. We didn't mention something's going on. Yeah, yeah. It, it was mm-hmm. an artist. Drew Struzan was his name, who later did the uh, Alice Cooper's "Welcome to My that Nightmare." Seems, mm-hmm. Yeah, that also seems he did that, and uh, he did the cover, and it's sort of like it's supposed to depict a, a man dying a horrible death. Ah, uh, and 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 um, and there's all these like like demons, demons around, and him also and everything. yeah, they're and hovering just, over him. It's really six six six, a big mm-hmm. skull. Right. I mean, it's pretty explicit, which. You know, if they were trying to distance themselves at all from the <laughs> yeah, satanic yeah, yeah, yeah. shit, it was kind of like, eh. Well, it's so wild. It r- is. R- r- real quick, I remember my first, uh, when I first heard this was probably... Um, you don't want your parents to see this cover. Well, this mm. is what happened. All right, 19, I think it was probably 1980. 1979, 1980, I, I had a band and I was with this, the drummer's name was Louis... Avila, Louis Avila, Louis. and he was a first-generation Cuban guy. His parents came uh, from Cuba, okay. and uh, they were—he—they uh, were older too. He had little older parents, and uh, and we—I I was at his ha- house, and he was put on. So he goes, "Man, you got to hear this Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath." And, and I had knew—I yeah. I knew some Black course, Sabbath, yeah. but I was already into punk and everything. So I was a big punk. So I was the sure. one I would bring over like the uh, Cramps and the Dead Kennedys and show my friends that, right. and then uh, they—a lot of my friends would expose me to the more rock stuff. So he's playing me uh, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. And I'll never forget, his mom walked by, and she hears this. And then she goes in, and she sees the, the cover of it. Uh-huh. And she goes, Louis, I, I don't like, I know, like, this is no good. I, and she just walks out of his room muttering, and you knew she was going to tell his dad. And somehow, his parents got convinced that I was the bad influence on Louis. That's probably the easiest way to go, man. And it was his record, and he yeah. was showing me the record. But somehow, it was the uh, well, little it's, it's Jewish also, kid's fault. It's oh, also man. one of those records that the Music sounds like the cover. So if you look at the the cover and you play the album, you're like, yeah, that's pretty much the deal. <laughs> yeah, like what uh, the Jethro Tull uh, Aqualung, right? Right. Exactly. Yes. yes the same <laughs> what thing. Middle, what a medieval endeavor that is. It, you know? it's what it looks like, uh, and that's important. <laughs> All right. So it starts out. Uh, you've seen life through distorted eyes. You know you have to learn the execution of your mind. You really had to turn. The race is run. The book is read. The end begins to show. The truth is out. The lies are old. But, but you, you don't, don't want to know. know. And this is uh, a geezer butler uh, writing. And so it's sort of about um, getting retribution against your oppressors, which which is a kind of a theme that, that they come That's back right. to. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, for this sure. This whole record's about kind of being over, like, delusion-type stuff. You yeah, know? right, right, right. There, and there's been seasoned in the music business, like we were talking about. Yes, right. yes, you know? yeah, yeah, definitely. They, at this definitely. point, they probably knew the management was fucking them over. And they've been burnt burnt out, you know. Yeah, r- running them ragged, yeah. yeah. So when you were listening to this, Brendan, obviously the the music itself was something that just, like, grabbed Visceral, you. But right? were you getting into the lyrics at all? Like, were you sort of picking up some of the stuff? Because the lyrics, you could really hear, Ozzy's great because he's sings and you you could hear you could understand the word and yeah. He, yeah and he really unleashed it man you know that's okay. what i liked yeah. about it you know and he and he really had that kind of you know i don't give a fuck kind of yeah. ethic that permeated right. through everything you know yes. true yeah. and uh you know I, they had it you know like you guys are saying you know I, I believe he was like a butcher growing up and stuff and these guys yeah. had to squat and stuff sure. so well, they're from working class birmingham you know right right yeah they England. were real uh, these were not art school kids no. yeah they're very legit man and they were very heavy and uh you know came from the heart you know and so you know, like you're saying, did I identify with the lyrics? Like that, those moments, like I said, I'd be banging my head. And, it, you know, before school, I'd be trying to fit in as much music as I could before I had to go to school. <laughs> yeah, man. Right. And negotiating, like, if I skip breakfast, I can listen to this song, yeah, you know, yeah, and whatever. Sure. But, I'd like, just say, for instance, be listening to Killing Yourself to Live and just be like, you know, I'm not working yet. I was 13 or whatever, but I have to go to school. And it's like, <laughs> I can see what sucks, you know. Right. I, I can uh, see right. the shitty right. dynamic in this song, you know. Yeah, there's a bit here. Actually, during the... Uh, um, uh, the more there's a 
a, sort of a, a lighter a, with acoustic guitar. Uh, um, um, yeah, yeah. When it goes, nobody, nobody will, will ever tell. No, nobody will ever let you know when you ask the reason why. They just tell you that you're on your own. Fill your head all full of life. All of lies. Lies, yes. The, peop- the people who have crippled you, you want to see them burn. The gates of life had closed on you, and there's just no return. You're wishing that the hands of doom could take your mind away, and you just don't care if you don't see again the light of day. So there's some, there's some, there's some uh, uh, very dark. Uh, that's just that's not satanic. That's just nihilism, right there. Yeah, right? yeah. Nihilism yeah. And abandoning. Dark. You know. And then it goes into that. That's sort of a pretty part. Oh, but yeah. then the second. <laughs> see, already this is a great song. It's a setup, man. It's but the when heavy it goes and into it this riff, which is like one the of the most. heaviest things yeah. ever. That's how they got it. That's what. Yeah, that's what separates this. That's what makes them like a great metal band to like yeah. an unbelievable metal band. Right. Yeah. Going into that, what makes them. I, I, Un- untouchable. Uh, yeah. The second part of the song where it's got that just killer that riff. And yeah. Ozzy starts singing and he goes all, all the way up and it's hits that so note. It's so high. It's yeah. crazy. How could he sing that high? Well, I think that probably... <laughs> I suspect, young and drunk. I suspect, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say based on live renditions of that song that he probably did those one line at a time and probably worked at getting it because oh, it's, yeah. it is tough. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got they got the perfect dates on those. Man. Those, Definitely, those yeah. things hit. And because when you see him live, man, it was always shaky, you know. Oh yeah, and, and well, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. And later on, it's like he's got to read the lyrics to his own songs oh, and stuff. No. It was so disheartening because that is when I caught up with him, you know. Oh right, and, that's uh, too bad. I went to the War Memorial, you know, and we thought he was going to do a jam with everybody from like Winger and uh, Rat and all this stuff, but he just came out and told everybody to go crazy and uh and, and it was pretty hard to go crazy blow. if they yeah if just he was the one probably going crazy yeah. backstage man yeah. you know he oh, did that God. aussie dance where he sort of stomps and claps his and hands over his head yep. you know exactly what i'm talking about <laughs> all right and then all right this song so it's got that great heavy and then yeah. they take another right at they the did. end they go into this awesome like fast outro jam thing yeah, which takes yeah. them to a different level again <laughs> That's I mean, how they do it, man. That's how they, they well, do it. Well, in their it. early they material, they got, they got yeah. criticized for, in their early material, just having these sort of sections that didn't always fit together. Right. Like, there would be, the, it would, like, the shifts would be, like, a little bit more abrupt. This one, they really got it where, oh, these things all work together, and then, you know, it, it makes sense. You don't, th- you really don't think about the fact that these different sections are really different. They, it's right. all part of this one thing. Look at the song. Black Sabbath is kind of like almost a template microcosm of what we're talking about. Yeah. Yes, right. that yes, light, exactly. And yeah. then they bring on the heavy 100%, yeah. Yeah. but it's still light in a way. I mean, they, they're playing off one off the other. That's how they were so well, perfect. They were, and they, yeah. were, right. they exactly. were incredibly exactly. melodic band. And yep. that's that these songs, like what metal sort of gave up, yeah. actually in a lot of ways. Baseline after that, singing. Right. Yeah. And the, there's a... It's not... Um, it's very uh, the, the 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 sounds of the instruments. Everything is very um, organic and appealing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. a band a, a band could think, oh, I'm, they're going to take adopt the, the the heaviness of them and think that's it. That'll make them like but it Sabbath. Doesn't. But there's so much more than just the heaviness. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they were getting into synthesizers and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah. stuff we all have. You know, that sure. doesn't age as well. But you know, <laughs> right, right, uh, right. But you know, I mean, and you know, he's still like. He brought that next level, you know? He did. Right. And now we go mm-hmm. into song number two is A National Acrobat. Which is interesting because it, National Acrobat after that is, um, the, the actually the level of it on the album is actually a little bit lower. It's not as loud as Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. So it sort of, it sort of comes, brings it back, brings things down a notch. And it puts you in a sort of different headspace right. after that opening track. But yeah. still has a really cool riff. I mean, another great, goes right into another great riff song. Yep. And uh, did you guys read at all what Geezer Butler said the lyrics in this is, is about? No, on this song? <laughs> he says, a national acrobat was just me thinking about who selects what sperm gets through to the egg. Yeah, hey. he was talking about like DNA a bunch uh, or whatever. Yes. Like you say, I think he was uh, more the, the uh, universal secret yeah, right, writer, right, the intellectual. You know? Yeah, oh, which looking sure. at him, you would never guess. No, uh, yeah, <laughs> the guy with the white flowing pants. <laughs> so he says, "Love has love has love has given life to you, and now it's your concern. Unseen eye of inner life will make your soul return. Still, I look, but not to touch. 
the seeds of life are sown, curtains of the future falls, the secret stays unknown. Yeah, there's some, you know, mystical, you know, uh, 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 geezer. Mystical sperm. Yeah. <laughs> See, that, but the thing was, I, I, don't think, yeah. I don't think in the 70s. At 13 years old? I don't, think we knew, <laughs> right. I don't think we knew who did what in this band as far as composition. Right. Uh, Brandon, what Brandon was saying, you would assume, he said that Ozzy's delivering these songs, yeah. delivering it so great. So you he assume, became oh, associated him. With that, in a way that people were like, "Oh yeah, that must be Ozzy." But, but he's like, "Geezer, I need lyrics for these." <laughs> yeah, yeah. What does this one mean? Yeah, and then that, you know, like Iomi, I guess so much laid on him to get the songs and right. everything moving, and like we say, to be that riff master, and so much was his vision. That, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's the way that is. You know? oh, yeah, and yeah. there's and there's great uh, guitar parts in this, and it's got like a killer solo uh, in this one with like interweaving. He was really great at, at uh, overdubbing uh, a couple of guitars and yeah. like really Love good. That stuff, and man. that's like advanced for that time. I feel like that's a like that's Queen was doing stuff like that, and, but yeah. you wouldn't expect Zeppelin that. a little later too. Right, yeah. right. But so I mean, there's uh, a bit so in good. here. There's a bit in here that the part that always catches my attention. Um, destruction of the empty spaces is my one and only crime. I've lived a thousand times. I found out what it means to be believed. And so to me, I always put that in like um, someone who, like reincarnation, but somebody who is reincarnated and knows what it lives to be like an emperor, to be, or to be as someone who's in, people believe they're, uh, you know, they charismatic. Right, right. And, okay, uh, okay. Hmm. Nice. And he does, I love, Ozzy does this little, uh, which he throws in a lot. He does a little after the last line, uh, but now I'm wondering, here I wait, only guess what this next life will bring. And then he goes, ha ha, he's got these great laughs. laughs. And I believe Ozzy wrote his, his own laughs. I think he so. wrote yeah, the yeah, ha ha's. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, I think, like, too, I, I'd read that, like, he kind of, like, while they were working on songs and there weren't lyrics, he'd just kind of be sh- screaming Shatting, along. Yeah. Just scream, screaming the, along. Right, uh, so that means he... he mel- probably coming he with the melodies, the right? I think he right. did. I think he did. Because yeah. he was he was a big uh, a Beatles fan. Sure. Uh, he was a huge Beatles sure. fan. Right. He was. Which, so. which is why, uh, you know... I'm guessing he still is. Yeah, I think These he fucking is. guys are also alive. Which is insane. Yeah, sure. Well, when I read, you know, like I said, I, I would, I would, I loved all the metal stuff. When I, when I read that Ozzy said, like the Beatles are the only reason I'm playing music, you know, then I had to know about he the said, Beatles. Oh, I got to start listening to Beatles. Boom, you know, from there, and you know, right, right. That's awesome. We're here talking about Sam. All right, so we got <coughs> now three. <laughs> this is funny because whenever we've done a lot of records where there'll, there'll be like a song that's kind of like a filler, and Barry will always say, "Oh yeah, it's like that." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because right. Black Sabbath right. will usually well, have an well, like instrumental. Laguna Sunrise. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on volume four. The cornucopia, the cornucopia or some other thing. And on this song, it we is got... the third song. It is called Fluff. Fluff. Yeah, Fluff, Fluff. <laughs> Which is like, supposed to be about a DJ or something, but you would think initially like the softness of the tune is right. exactly it, you know? Yeah, it just yeah, goes, yeah. It's six minutes of, you know, just an instrumental sort of fluff. light it's Fluff. It's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, but it does, it does, it does add to the enigmatic quality of the band where you're like, man, they just stuck this on the side A. Right. It's right. not on side B. Right, right. It's the After third the first song two, on the, the record. The third song on the record is, is this pretty instrumental, instrumental that catches you off guard. So I yeah, love the great. dynamic of this whole record and, and this one I picked because I especially love the ending. It's it's uh, just uh, like You're right. Climax, it, it's man. just, and, and it's great. The songs, they're, they're, um, they're longer, but they're not super long songs. Most of the songs are between five and right, six right, minutes. Right, right, right. You don't, you don't ever go, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like but there's, and there's a lot going on in them. There's usually they have at least two, like two or three parts, a lot going on. Right. So yeah, it's it's a really well uh, yeah, it's a well laid out album from beginning to end. It's it's its own thing. Right. Like and, and like I say, that microcosm and macrocosm where this record has an awesome flow, like we were just saying about yeah. Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, little soft parts and then a wham. Yeah. You know. You know. So that's yeah, it's not heavy from this. start to finish. They they understood maybe just instinctively that. You know, it's about contrast. Sure. You know, I love I love heavy, I love thrash metal, I love heavy bands, you know, to go, uh, you know, bike riding and stuff like this, and to get, you know, hit over the head with that, but sometimes, you know, it's, uh, it, you know, it just wears off a bit, so this kind of stuff, it really just saturates, man. It's so, like the sorbet, the musical palette. Yeah, man. All right, so we're just about at the halfway mark, so we're going to take a little break, we're going to get a little message from our sponsor, and then we're going to come back talking about Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath with our friend. That record got me high is sponsored by Is This Tomorrow? Is This Tomorrow started out as a comic that ran in the Tallahassee, Florida college paper, The Florida Flambeau, in 1991. 
After running a number of strips, the editor became infuriated with the content of the strip, finding it inappropriate for the readers of a college paper. After a strip about a bachelor party where Barney Rubble was killed after an argument with a pimp, ITT was no more. Luckily, many of these early strips that survived are available on the isthistomorrow.com website. In the past 15 years, Is This Tomorrow has appeared weekly, though the, the format has changed through the years. The current strips are in full color and focus on current events and the absurdity of modern life. Many of the strips in the archive cover genres such as science fiction, satire, horror, biography, humor, and true crime. Check it out at isthistomorrow.com. That's isthistomorrow.com. And we're back. That record got me high. That's Rob Elba. That's Barry Stock. And we have our special guest today, Mr. Brandon Sandow. And uh, just before he gets back into uh, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, I want to uh, shout out to, apparently we have a very uh, enthusiastic enthusiastic listener base, <laughs> sorry, in uh, Amsterdam. And uh, because uh, when we, the service we stream our podcast from shows me the cities where we are uh, being streamed the most from, and uh, we have last week had the, the vast majority of, of, of uh, of the biggest hits were from no Amsterdam, and Netherlands. So we would just <laughs> shout out to our friends. Just in, uh, keep the doing Netherlands. it. Yes, share Send that. Send us thing. a care package. Yeah, <laughs> us, <laughs> not <and> us. <laughs> so we. And, uh, nice. Anyway, so uh, keep it up and uh, yes. thank you, Netherlands. And listen, to, and don't forget, people, if you listen to us like on Apple, on um, iTunes. Um, uh, give us a rating. Write a review. Right, of it we've got a like few in there. It's been like, we've got like four ratings some. on there. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. <laughs> and you can send us an email and also uh, you know comment on SoundCloud. TRGMH33 at gmail.com. And we do have email. the uh, that's right. We do have the website thatrecordgotmehigh.com where all of our episodes are and there's album artwork and also links to listen to the music if you don't already own the album. So, so we are on song number four now, which is. Sabra Cadabra. That's right, a love song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very much uh, needed on every album. Yeah, yeah. Is, <laughs> right. Yeah. He's singing it, man. Yeah. Once again, uh, written lyrics written by bassist Geezer Butler, and uh, this has got this features a Moog solo by who? Rick Wakeman. Rick Wakeman. Yeah. Rick yeah. Wakeman. Who no, he was on another pod when we did the Hunky Dory episode. You remember? That's Rick right. Wakeman played also some. He uh, sure did on Bowie's record. Yes. Yeah, he, was, uh, he did a lot of that stuff. So and look it, at Rick Wakeman all over the place. I actually yeah. think that you know he is a lot cooler than he was probably people perceived of him because he put out some really sort of foofy solo records. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he had some cool capes. So wasn't he the he one did. with the capes? He, he was. <laughs> he yeah. did have some. You cool know, capes. And he, he's yeah, got yeah. The, the best story of all time, rock and roll story of all time. For me, that I'll always remember is Rick Wakeman having. Uh, during the tours for Tales of Topographic Oceans, oh, he had a special drawer in his keyboard area where he would keep <laughs> his plate of chicken curry. So when there was, he was bored, yeah. he would slide up a four that and plate. a half hour set right. of chip, yeah, songs <laughs> that nobody can remember or wanted to hear. Had a chamber pot, yeah, everything just in case. <laughs> So you know, he would turn the bass solo. He would nice. out, have that curry chicken yeah. and just, uh, you know, oh, so, here comes my solo. Yeah, <laughs> by the solo, it was time for the chamber pot. <laughs> so speaking of Moog solos, this there song has go. kind of a, which is kind of, it's cool. It, it is, this is one of those things that can sound dated, a little dated. Experimental, uh, yeah. right? Yeah. Right, right. But it's cool that you could tell they were they were trying to expand their sound. And, hey, and the experiment failed, but you know what? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we're but not the, we're not the A and R guys, man. We're just right. talking about it in retrospect, you know. Yeah, yeah. but Sabracadabra has a great sort of ominous riff to start off a, 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 a this love song, right? You right. know, it comes oh, in know, like, yeah. It's very like, surprising that it is a love like, song, yeah, yeah. And which makes you a little bit doubt the, you know, you go well, like you get this sinister music, and then he's singing about this woman that he loves, which is a quite an interesting contrast. Gives an interesting contrast to the song. Feeling wise, you're like, wow, like, but what's really going on? You know, I love this girl, but you know, <laughs> this record, uh, I, I feel like a lot of the uh, the lyrics can become surreal, especially by the end, because yeah. like I say, I love that to me this 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 record climaxes at the end, right? Yeah, and uh, especially the last song, 
uh, can have all kinds of interpretations. It's like very surreal, and a right, lot of these right. things, like I, like we were saying, these I think these are young guys that have something to say from an experience right. on a great record, and. Um, you know, like I said, I love the dynamic. I love the contour. Yes. And, uh, but you almost wonder if, <clears throat> like, Geezer had a wife or a girlfriend, and she was like, why don't you ever write a song about me? <laughs> and he was like, I mean, he was like, okay, I got this. This is the riff. And uh. Geezer's like, well, these are the lyrics. Uh. And you put the, it was like, uh, you got chocolate in my peanut butter. No, you got <laughs> peanut butter in my chocolate. But it made this really weird, amazing thing, but that doesn't read as a love song musically. Right. No, no, it doesn't. And then at the end, it's got it's cool. You hear Ozzy in the background. You notice he's kind of laughing and yeah. sort of like throwing out like, yeah, yeah, riffing a little, saying stuff. I don't know. I couldn't. Could you make and out the piano, some of the stuff he was saying? There's piano in there too, like a, a boogie. Yeah, like sort of a boogie piano yeah, in there yeah. too. Yeah. Right. yeah. So there's a lot going on in this one. Yeah. yeah. And just real quick, I was thinking, why is no one? Why is Sabra Hummus not jumped on this for like a theme song for Sabra. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that like a no brainer? Shouldn't yeah. it's a it's a great name, right? I love yeah. the name Sabra Cadabra. Yeah. <laughs> All right, right, so that finishes side one because, of course, when you listen to this, it was the album. You That's listened right. to the album. Oh right? yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And like I said, I picked this one because the second side just it does keeps rolling. Oh. And does it, man? This next song, First man. Song, one of the great, one of the greatest songs in their in their whole uh, uh, repertoire. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Very yeah. nice. You like that? Yeah. This is killing yourself to live. Yeah. <laughs> More killer riffs from Iomi oh and God. killer lyrics by Gideon. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah. This one is where everything comes together in in just a succinct like bam, like package, like bam. This is right. Uh, and they open. I think that I mentioned like there's some live footage from the time, and uh, the Cal Jam version of this is really really fantastic. And. Naomi and Ozzy didn't hate each other at the time, so there's some interaction <laughs> on stage with nice. them, which is obviously they're having a good time. Oh, and, man. Uh, but this song is, uh, you know, Capitalism 101, right? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I love the drops on this song, too. You know, it's got, like, really heavy... <laughs> oh, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, that stuff yeah. is just it, man. Uh, people look and people stare. Well, I don't think they even care. You work your life away, and what do they give? You're only killing yourself to live, and it's you know what, man? That's that's uh, the futility of life, just the killing yourself just to survive. That's right. That's that's Ozzy Oz, back at the old uh, butcher shop, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, sweeping yeah. out uh, pig's blood. You that's know, that's right. Just take a look around <laughs> you. What do you see? Pain, suffering, and misery. It's not the way that the world was meant. It's a pity you don't understand. So this is aimed up at the the corporate overlords and the uh, businessmen who are... Uh, well, a warning as well, man. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, you give your... What is he selling? You, you know, you say you give your life away. You know, you see people just turning fucking shit, man, and eating all these drugs that are That's prescribed true. to them oh, on yeah, the plan sure. from their work to right. whatever. Right, so right. Well, right, because there was... I was looking at a thing this week on, you know, the infamous Reddit website, but it was a chart that someone had put together, like, your... Um, uh, Percentage of your possibility of dying of any particular thing in the in the United States at the moment. And of course, number one was heart disease, like one in six. Cancer, one in seven. Uh, third was um, like lower respiratory infection, like pneumonia. Barry like reads stuff get. like this for, for amusement, Hold by on. the way. We're going to lighten it up, everybody. Here comes a, <laughs> fucking black, it's a fucking black Here comes a brighter side. Right. No, no, no. Yeah, right. Where, yeah. Where else are we going to go? No, we're, we're talking What's about number it, four? The number four cause of death. Most likely cause of death in the United States is death from an opioid overdose. Oh, wow. That's number four. Man, that's not number of 18. Time. That's not like down there with getting struck by lightning or eaten right, by a right, shark. Right, 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 it's yeah. fucking number four. Yeah. So, kill it. you know what? Hey, look at all the wars overseas and oh, just look at man. the kids walking down the streets with their backpacks, going into McDonald's, meeting up with their buddies, and X, Y, and Z seems yeah. to be going on, man. It, it's it bad does. out there. It is bad. Uh, um, I don't know whether I'm up or down, whether black is white or blue is brown. The colors of my life are all different somehow. Little boy blue's a big girl now. Uh, yeah, Geezer was feeling it. Yeah. Well, yeah. he was ahead of his time because, you know, she's got about 26 pronouns now. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. You better we're be mindful a, of. We're in a different era. We certainly yeah, are. Yeah, prophetic here. It, yeah, it definitely. And I want to talk real, just in this song, he uses a cool effect. I think it's like a flange on yeah, the guitar, yeah. right? Or a, a fa- or a yeah. phase shifter. Either turn, the phase, phase shifter, shifter or a flange. And there's yeah. also some minor seventh chords in this song, which oh, give yeah. it that different kind of like, 
feel that that, that you go, wow, that's uh, tr- change it up. And these guys produced this record, I believe. I it believe says they, they did. Yeah. yeah. I could I, I could see that because Iommi, like I said, had that, and that's probably what was driving him to you know blow himself to pieces. There was right, you know, come up with interesting stuff, the vision, you know, from beginning to well, end. It wasn't going to be Ozzy mixing it down, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. But it's fun, man. But these guys, all these guys, like at some point you heard Ozzy um, saying how like they all did coke, but he said Tony would do so much coke well, there's at some, times. There's some footage from '75, some live footage from '75. Actually, it's the Don Kirshner Rock Concert performance. I urge each and every one of you to look it up. Because Tony has a smile on his face that's not a smile. <laughs> his teeth are like, he's like, a, 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 his, his lips are pulled all the way back over his teeth. He is coked out of his fucking mind. That's it's how great, Seven Star happened. Yeah, it's well. <laughs> but that said... It's a great performance. That's so they Kirchner. still bring it. Yeah. But you look at Tony, you're like, oh my God. If I, well, think about it. If Ozzy Osbourne is marveling over the amount of drugs you do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you better. You if better, you're impressing him. You better right. take note, man. Ozzy, who was, who was one time, remember the dare with Ozzy? He was on one of those hair metal tours. Motley Crue. Motley Crue. Snorted up some ants. He snorted a line of ants off the side And he did it, you know? He did. Hey, man. All right, so we come into song number six, which is Who Are You? <laughs> this is yeah. got the synthesizer that you're like, okay, I remember, I remember oh, when I figured out this is adventure. This is probably one of the more musically adventurous it's songs. Yeah, yeah, well, you know. You is know, there any guitar on this at all? Or is it just synthesizer? Yeah, yeah. I don't, this is one of those experiments, you know, I don't know. Or if we're going to be really laying on the dynamic thing, this is where, you know, the, the wave drops real low. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> well, I also wondered whether there was a guitar version of this, and they well, decided. Well, yeah, because uh, you, yeah. you could picture, you could picture him playing this riff on right. guitar and instead of was the like, synth. Let's try it with the synth. Or that they just pulled the guitars out and were like, oh, what does it sound like a synthesizer? Because lyrically, it's kind of an interesting song. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. He starts off with a who are you, and then he like gives this deep analysis and finishes off with a who well, are you. you yeah, know? he's talking about the uh, who, who inhabits each one of these, you know, these meat puppets that walk around. And, like, and, who are you? Like, for real? Who is that really? Ozzy, these are Ozzy lyrics. And you they can are. Tell. Yeah, really? they are. Oh. Yeah, because he says, um, it, listen to the, he says, yes, I know the secrets, that, uh, the secret that's within your mind. You think all the people who worship you are, are blind. blind. Yeah. You're just like Big Brother. See, you're just like Big Brother. That's kind of like a ham-handed way to think because it's like, it's like he's not try, He's not looking for a metaphor to get yeah, poetic. Yeah. He's just saying you're just like Big Brother. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's <laughs> so, only yeah. He's reading YA. You know, it's more, like you got to bring it up to some uh, heavier. Ozzy's more like uh, to the point in your face. He's not trying to be poetic. So you could tell these are more his things. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. There you and go. he says, uh, giving us your trust, and when you have played enough. You'll just cast our souls into the dust. Yeah, so he's still on the... He's got the Black Sabbath themes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, like I say, this one for me, uh, not to pick at it, you know, it's... it's, (laughs) it's, it's, Yeah, it's... It's it's, not their greatest song. Yeah, but it's a great, like, setup for what's to come, you know, like I said. Right, I'm all about this dynamic that we're... we're The roller coaster's coming on that down thing. We're, there we go. We're yeah, because starting, yeah. if every song was just like this crazy guitar-heavy riff thing, then right. you wouldn't have any peaks and valleys. Right. Yeah, right. so because it wouldn't the last, be the same the last record. Two songs I feel this, this record's good for yeah, this. Yeah. The last two records are the most melodic and the most sort of bright and, uh, I hate to say cheerful, right. but there's a lightness to the emotional content. Even though the music is it's it's heavy... But it's not like doom. Right. The, the doom element is just sort of dialed way back on these last. Two. Yeah, like it's very bright. That that little uh, the little like like you say the shiny part in Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. That's How right. beautiful yeah, is that? Yeah, you yeah. know, right, right. And I love like in uh, Velvet Underground. What is it? That little sweet Jane. That little tidbit before. <laughs> it's almost like what what is what is that? I could yeah. listen to that forever. <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. But it sets it up, man. Uh, it does. So Looking real real quick at okay. the well right before real quick at the end when Ozzy says. Um, uh, I only have one more question before my time is through. Please, I beg you, tell me, in the name of hell, who are you? Who do you think he's talking to? Is he talking to God or is he talking to yeah. Satan? No. Yeah. Well, it's like that's the Black Sabbath and the, uh, you know, they had always that thing they were accusing Satan to and whatever. Right, they were trying right. to be exactly. like this yeah. way. Exactly, yeah. You know? I don't yeah. even think Ozzy knew what he was talking about. This song is not that important, man, you know? But, no, because we get through looking for today. Looking for today. Yeah, yeah, man. It's complete but obsolete. 
Um, now this song has uh, the different... drum roll into it too. It's like yes. we're changing the dial. Oh yeah, that's yeah. What I'm, is, that's what I'm saying. This is almost like a shuffle or something, right? Like a shuffle beat, very different than yeah, anything it, else on the record. Nice shuffle, right? Yep. Right, right. And um, and it's it, it's about change and it's about things becoming obsolete. Yeah, right. Which is is a universal principle that change is the only constant. It's the only constant. That's it, man. And so, you know, Geezer has obviously probably didn't only read Aleister Crowley. He probably read all kinds of stuff along those lines. It shows up in the lyrics, and so he's talking about, uh, uh, um, you know, impermanence and uh, like uh, you're so um, you're so new, but rotting in decay like butterflies, so quick to die. I mean. That's right, you know, you're born, we're born, you start dying the day you were born. Hey man, you know, I'll tell you guys what, uh, Atala recently was trying to take care of this kitten, and uh, it had mange really bad, and it's like eyes were closing up and everything, and she had to put it down today, Aww. and it was one of those things that was just like, she did everything she could for it, and I was yep. like, you know, would have died outside in however yeah. which way, but, it's you know. Tough. It's tough. Still, it's still hard. Yeah. Shout out to Atala. I hope you listen to this and enjoy it. It's nature's way. It's just nature's way. Hey, we got to do a spirit record, right? Hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so this song, uh, even though it has a different sound and everything, it's still, this is a really, it, it, this is an awesome song. Oh, yeah. And um, this, is the, this is the Boston model for this. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. It starts picking up. It starts picking up. It does. It's sort of like, the. I think Tom Schultz like heard side two of, uh, or at least these last couple of songs, and like, Hey, I wonder what happened if you made a whole band that sounded like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And his his story is awesome because I believe he like just took the money that you would usually take and he like got the drums and everything down that you had to in a studio, but took the rest of the money and invested in his own equipment. Yep. You know. Oh and, right, yeah, that's right. And then that's went right. home and like pounded Don't the guitars. Don't worry, people. We're not we're not going to do a Boston record. We're not singing into that because now. the lyrics are really bad. Yeah, ooh, that's the man. thing. It's all about the music. That's a quick face for a young man, anyways. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Spiral oh, Architects. All right, final we get to song. the final oh, yeah. song. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorcerers of Madness, selling me their time. Child of God sitting in the sun, giving peace of mind. Fictional seduction on a black snow sky. Sadness kills the Superman. Even fathers cry. All right, geezer. I know. Bring yeah. it, man. <laughs> I was hoping you would read this, Barry. Yeah, because it's uh. fantastic, and um. The music, everything, it all fits together into a great package. Silver ships on plastic oceans in disguise. Of all the things I value most in life, I see my memories and feel their warmth and know that they are good. So... Total shift of. Uh, did you read? Uh, yeah. did, did you read Ozzy talking about the lyrics and how he got how Geezer came up with the lyrics? No, did you read that at uh-huh. all? It's really funny. He said, "All right, Ozzy, this is Ozzy saying." I said to Geezer, "We need lyrics for this song. Do you have them?" Geezer says, "Give me an hour." <laughs> <laughs> so, so I called him in an hour, and he said, and he starts reading "Sorcerers of Madness," selling me their time, child. So he's reading him the lyrics. And then Ozzy yeah, says, yeah. "Are you reading these out of a fucking book?" <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I was like, he didn't believe him. He thought he was just reading them out of a yeah. book." He said, "Did you just write these yeah. fucking lyrics?" Yeah, there's yeah. a there's a melancholy feeling in this song and a wistfulness in this mm. song, and it's musically fantastic. It and sounds it almost. Great. Do you feel like it almost veers on Prague a, a little? Oh Prague yeah, sure. Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's an ex- that- this experiment worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think definitely yeah. it did. It starts out with that acoustic, pretty acoustic thing and it's still heavy it's and it's, still but heavy. it's got some very complicated riffs that, that fit together and you know the last um, the last lyrics on the record are are Ozzy repeating over and over yeah and and, and and know that it is good you know that I should you know that I should it's, you know you know, that I should like we said these are young guys I think that went through some stuff and they're in like this is triumphant they're feeling like self-reassured about yeah. what they've seen right and you know I, I've, I've been reading a lot of Philip K. Dick and what he talks oh, yeah. about is not uh, like we all know the word amnesia but he talks about um, I believe it's amnes- uh, amnesis right where it's the loss of forgetting and you know to to f- feel more reassured in your own uh, experience and vision you know yeah nice look at Brandon getting all deep on the, go, that man. record got me high that's, that's awesome right. that's what it's yeah all about. sorry if I got that word wrong you know <laughs> yeah, sorry. we got we'll, drinks going we'll, here we'll, we'll, we do have drinks <laughs> going we, invi- we advise everyone to go and read some Philip K Dick because you will yeah. you will dig it don't I take my word for it <laughs> you know going uh, I think uh, well the, his most famous work is do androids dream of electric sheep yeah 
but I also like uh, uh, Flow My Tears, the policeman said. Mm. And Ubik is probably the one which is the most profound. Tripped out. You go yeah. back and forth. You're like, yeah. what is happening? Have I forgotten how to yeah. read a book? Yeah, it's awesome. You know? But it's great. Yeah, it'll trip your head out. And and he's got, you know, these great, almost like, uh, what is it, Haruki Murakami, Japanese dude. They're, they got that David Lynch effect where you're like, oh, sure, yeah. you'll be sitting there on the couch and you'll go, like, is the sun coming up or was the sun coming down? It's like twilight. <laughs> it's like morning or whatever because, yeah. like, they play with your head, you they know? Do. And uh, like I said, that's also why I picked this record, boys. For, I, can, yeah. I can picture being in my room growing up, banging my head, counting minutes till I have to go to school thinking, this sucks. But if I don't go down and have my cereal, I can listen to Seven this jam. <laughs> I can listen to this jam. I can listen to these two jams on the way out and then just go and... Deal with it. That's man. great. That's awesome, though, because you think from music, a, music is the best. It, hey, it, that's it, why I picked it. And, and and it's so awesome because from a parent's point of view, it's just noise. Oh, you're listening. To what is, <laughs> it's just noise. And when you get when you dig, it's so great that you have bands. You have some bands that are just noise. <laughs> sure. You know, I've been to churches. We have a guest coming on the show who's notorious. Oh, God. Yeah. I, you know, I've been to churches. I can't remember what people. You know, what band it was, but they had like literally a wall of amplifiers, and when it was just like. Bang, I, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to throw up or shit my pants <laughs> right, right, or my right. eyes are going to pop out of my head or I'm going to die or something. But I'm like, but this is visceral, you know? <laughs> it's visceral, right. Uh, yeah. Right. It's it, visceral. But um, but that's so awesome that you have that, that something. Think about it. Something you listened to like how many years ago? Uh, yeah. I've lived with this record, man. You know, I've really, like yeah. I say, and, and if it was uh, came out in 73, I was born in 74, I was listening to about... 87, 88, I was yeah. all up in it, and all right. I've always listened to this record, you know? I, I, I love this record. That's the whole thing. I recommend it. This is, yeah. see, this is what that, that record I recommend, got me high is I all about. I recommend listening to this record and sitting and staring at the cover at the same time. Oh, man. Listening to your aunt's hi-fi on the back porch, <laughs> wondering what's going on on that record album. Yeah, and cover by the way, I recommend hanging out with Brandon and just chatting, having a beer and talking. You got it, man. Brandon, you're a great You're going to have to catch me on my couch, man. I'm quite the hermit. <laughs> <laughs> he is kind of a hermit. I think Brandon would probably be back on the record got me high. I think so. You did a great job, man. It was great having you. And uh, that was Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, our heaviest record to date. For and, real. And it could be our heaviest one we ever All do. Time. Yeah, maybe. But uh, so good. So uh, what do we got coming up? Oh, next, next week, week is our live. We got our sec- right, our, another live uh, broadcast at Laser Wolf with the infamous uh, uh, Tim Moffat. Tim uh, Moffat, Armageddon uh, Man. Armageddon yeah. Man. Yeah, Tim of Armageddon Man and AC who, uh, Cobra. who appeared. On our previous Laser Wolf uh, episode. Yes, yeah, Rob rusted. got a good shot on him that <laughs> night, brother. I got to say it, man. Well, now, Rob oh. Elba with the shots, brother. <laughs> well, now the spotlight is going to be right on Tim. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's got it. It should be. So that's Wednesday. If you guys are local, come out uh, Wednesday night, the uh, August. What date is that? Well, it's, come on, my, the laptop doesn't have a... Can we suck? We're so pathetic. So, Look at the phone. These it's guys are hammered, man. August 29th. August 29th. Wednesday, August 29th, uh, 7.30 p.m. Come out to Laser Wolf. In Good, Fort delicious Lardale. beer. We're nice gonna place be, to hang out. And we're going to be talking about Butthole Surfers nice. record. <laughs> Independent Worm Saloon. Yes. Mm. From the late Butthole Surfers Oove. Yeah, oh, man. I remember seeing, uh, what was it? Uh, I, I saw an advertisement for the one record, the, the record with the butt mouth, uh, <laughs> Hairway to Steven. Oh, hairway no, the Hairway to Steven. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. I, when I saw that growing up, I was like, what in the hell am I looking at, man? You know? <laughs> Well, that's what we're doing that's next week. Awesome. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be at Laser Wolf next week. So once again, this is that record got me high. That's Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. Thank you again, Brandon, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you, guys.